Our vet Emily is here. Denny Boz is here. We'll be taking your calls soon. And our very special guest, Matt, will talk to him in just a moment at 2NURFM. Thanks for joining us today, Matt. That's okay, Danny. How you doing? Good, thank you. Now, Matt's from Dog Tech Dog Training, the barking and difficult dog professionals. And uh, he'll talk to us today about crate training a dog. Matt, the reason why I thought I'd get you on uh, the show to talk about crate training is um, even just yesterday I, I had a lady coming into the store who was interested in buying a crate to crate train her older adolescent dog. So my question to you is not, I believe in crate training. I do that with my dogs because sometimes at dog shows they do need to spend time in a crate. But uh, what are the benefits of crate training? Oh, the, the benefits are out there with you know, involve you know, a safe place for your dog to go to. So when you ever have to go or put your dog up for um, when you go away on holidays, you can send them away with a crate that gives somewhere comfortable to go to that's their place. Yes. That certainly helps as a puppy for toilet training. So, you know, and you can work with toilet training a puppy through crate training and it's a fantastic way to control them. In yes, that way. because when they're in a confined area, do you know they, there's less likelihood of them toileting in that in that crate. That's correct. They don't like to go on the place where they sleep generally. Mm-hmm. So, um, in, with control, you can train a puppy to use use the crate quite easily. Um, puppies and never or dogs are never too old to go into the crate training, as you're saying, lady with adolescent dog. Um, and it does give them somewhere safe to go to at the end of the day. Look, they're not going to be happy about it to start with, but it's about positive reinforcement about getting them in there as well. Okay. Say um, if you are thinking of crate training, uh, would it be best to start with a puppy straight away if you've got oh, a puppy? Absolutely. Any, any dog that's sleeping inside, I recommend putting them into a crate if you can. You know, you obviously, you can. Um, having them somewhere to sleep so that they're not wandering around the house is, is a very good thing. And also, having a dog in your bedroom or in your bed is not very good because the part of the dominance in the, in the pack order. So having somewhere for them to go and being able to put them away can save your house from being destroyed mm-hmm. as a puppy. It can also save the, the carpets from toilet training. So And what you'll find is your dog will sleep better and be more relaxed through the night. So I have found... Uh while in the beginning they might not, not like it, relatively quickly they pick up that that's their den, their home, yep. and they, they even go in of their own accord eventually. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't take long, so it's about positive reinforcement to get them in there. So how you'd start it with a puppy or a dog any age is you leave the door open on your crate, um, you get them in the crate with either a treat or their food, uh, let them wander straight back out so you you get them in, give them a treat. So you might do that five or six times, and then you get them in, you shut the door. Mm-hmm. When you shut the door, you might only shut the door for five seconds, ten seconds maybe. Then you let them back out. And you just keep repeating that for a day, and then before you know it, they'll be in and out of there, no problems. So it's a positive thing. Is that, say for example, you've got an adolescent dog, um, and there's some problems and you should crate train. What, what are the reasons why you would look at crate training an adolescent dog? Without having them controlled at night, and more so, because, you know, with an adolescent dog, you might have issues of barking, destruction through the night. So, yes. and people don't want, obviously, you don't want your bark, dog barking through the night. And when they're roaming around the house, they feel like the dominance comes out in them. They have more control, or they feel the need to control looking after the house, or it's their job to look after the house. So, that unnecessary barking comes up through the night a lot more. So that would be some of the benefits that you'd definitely put an adult or an adolescent dog into there. Okay. 
And what, um, being that an adolescent dog is obviously a bit older and used to roaming around the house or, uh, and having free reign, what are some of the techniques? Would they be a bit different to what you would use with a puppy when you're trying to get them to use the crate? Yeah, look, it'd be a bit slower weaning them into them. So just say you have your adolescent dog sleeping in your bedroom, um, you'd leave the crate in your bedroom with the door open. Whereas with a puppy, you'd probably go cold turkey and try and put them in the crate in another room somewhere else straight away. Okay. Um, you are going to have potentially have a couple of tears to start with, but if you do the slow introduction to it through the day, you're not going to have a problem with them. So you, you slowly wean them into it and you... Before you know it, they'll be going in there on your own accord, as you said. Somewhere comfortable for them to go. How do you know which size crate should go with with uh, which dog? Okay, so look, it, you don't want, obviously, it's, you know, for a big dog, you don't get a small crate. So you want something that they can sort of just stretch out in, but you don't want it too big where they can't warm the area around them. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, is, a, is, again, when they're in the wild, they don't sleep in massive mansions. They don't sleep in these exotic big houses. So... <laughs> It's a nice smaller den, so you want something that they can sort of just lie flat or stand up in and you know move around where they're comfortable, but you don't need them to swim in space. So you wouldn't get a massive one for a chihuahua, for example. So yeah, yeah, they are there to sleep. They're not there to run marathons. So you don't feel that you have to have that big one. Um, You know where they fit in there comfortably is what you're looking for. And let's get some some timelines in terms of how long they can spend in the crate. So obviously we're talking about sleeping time from when we go to bed to when we wake up. Yep. Um, what about during the day? Um, look, uh, with a puppy, you'd be only looking at 30, 40 minutes at a time yes. through a day. Um, with an older dog, you could probably get up to about four hours of a day. Okay. But that's if, that's if that's needed, if there's time out for some sort of reason. Yeah, I wouldn't try to use it as a punishment area no? necessarily okay. um, because it's part of their haven. It's, it's where they're comfortable. So using it as a negative thing may not necessarily work for the dog. Mm-hmm. So um, if, you, if you've got timeouts, I'd be more lo- using like tying them up on a, on a lead or something like that as opposed to putting them into their, the pen. Okay. But um, certainly you can put them into the pen for an hour or two while you go out for something. If your backyard's not safe or something like that, that's... Now, Emily's got a question, actually, an, an anxiety, anxiety question for a dog, so I'll just uh, let her ask you that question. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining us. Um, I just have a, a question from Evelyn in Thornton. She emailed us um, recently about her seven-month-old male and desex toy poodle. Um, yep. Now, this dog has been, you know, being really anxious when she leaves the house and exhibiting quite destructive behaviours. So she yep. does keep him inside um, and, you know, he'll get at all her toys and, you know, things around the house, destroy them. But he's also um, exhibiting barking and whinging behaviours um, to a point where Evelyn's now kind of bound to the house and, and letting him sleep inside and on the bed and that sort of stuff just to kind of alleviate these behaviours. What would you recommend for her? Look, it, it, it does come down to a bit of tough loving for a dog like that. Because um, she's built a bond with him, he's dependent on her or he's taken the leadership of the pack that goes, look, I've got to look after her. Yeah. And when she goes out, he's fretting. Yeah. And his way of dealing with that is destructive behaviour. So you've got to spend it, you can sort of break away from him and slowly build, your, you know, build a distance between you. 
you've got to treat a dog like a dog. Yeah. Um, regardless whether it's a toy poodle or a Great Dane, you've got to all think that they're Great Dane, that, that Great Dane size. So think about how you treat a dog like that and treat a dog like a dog, you will have a good dog at the end of the day. So it's, 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 she's got to build a bit of distance between herself and the dog. So by coming home and spending that time completely around the dog, it's just going to make the matters worse. Yeah, so kind of ignoring him when she gets home until he settles a bit. and Exactly. Yeah. So, look, yeah, ignore him before you go out. What I'd do is I'd, I'd put a dog outside 20 minutes to half an hour before I left. Yeah. And then, you know, you still come around the house, do your thing, and then just leave without saying goodbye to the dog, basically. You've said goodbye 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And then same when you get home. Come home, if they're bounding at the door and scratching at it, you've just got to wait until they calm down. It might be an hour and a half, two hours before you say hello of an afternoon. But, you know, build that bit of distance. Um, you know, and when she's got him in the bedroom and in the bed, the dog thinks it's part of the leader pack. Hey, I've got to, you know, I've got to look after you, so it is worth getting a dog into a crate in that situation. Yeah. So I'd be sort of trying to wean him into that, that yes. sort of crate in the bedroom. So on the floor to start with, you, just, you know, you might have to take, it might take a couple of weeks to wean him off it, but it's something I'd look at. Well, thank you, Matt, for all your help today with those questions. Um, Matt is available. He does puppy training classes and adolescent training classes. We've got his phone number here as well at the studio if you want to get it. But thank you, Matt. Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah. If you'd like some more details on Matt, 49215555. We have all those details here at 2NURFM. Let's go to the phone calls. We want your input today for Pet Chat. Give us a call if you've got a problem with your pet. 49216216 at Aberdeer waiting patiently. Hello, Sue. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Good morning. Nice to have you with us. And we've got Emily listening to you now. Well, this is a bird story. Um, we have a nesting hole about 20 foot up a gum tree, and every year we'll assume it's the same pair of pink and grey galahs come back and nest and they do it quite successfully however this year after they'd left the nest we had an invasion of what I'm assuming were European honeybees um, and they were there for about six or seven weeks before something disturbed them and off they went yes. but in the meantime I gather this honeycomb and all sorts of stuff in that nesting hole now yeah. and the cockies won't obviously can't get back in there yeah. to clean it out. So, is there any is there any way by natural attrition that that nest will clean, or do I have to find someone to f- climb a twenty foot up a gum tree? Uh, <laughs> it, over the years, the nest will break down again and yep. become a suitable habitat for for birds to nest in. Yep. Um, if you, I guess, if you are trying to attract those galahs and cockies into your into your environment, the other option is to actually supply nest boxes in the area which they can use. So, yep. if you are trying to get native animals into into your backyard and things, planning. Oh, we don't have a problem there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, and, and they've used this nesting hole now for about the last seven or eight years yeah you know and and there's one cocky further up back in the tree he's or she is busily working trying to make a new hole yeah very yeah. persistent <laughs> no and it, i guess you just have to look at it as part of the natural system that they they won't stay in the same spot for a long time um and they do they do need to adjust their nesting site so as long as there's plenty of trees and things available for them um i'd be confident that you'd continue to have um, larger birds coming back into your backyard again. Okay, good luck with that, Sue. You'll have to let us know how things go for you. Now, 49216216 for Pet Chat. Let's say good afternoon to Suzanne at Beresfield. How are you doing today, Suzanne? Fine, thanks. How are you? Very good. And we've got Emily listening to you now. Yeah, are these plug-in gadgets to go in the 
thing that get rid of your cockroaches and mice and whatever else. Yep. Um, do they affect birds? Are you talking about the ultrasonic devices? Well, whatever they are, I don't exactly know because I don't use them. Yep. Um, but I found the dogs seem to have a hearing problem sometimes. And the birds, the top notches and stuff like that, aren't coming back. Um, it depends on what ones you're using because there are the ultrasonic um, devices that send out frequencies at an ultrasonic level and they're meant to kind of deter rodents and, and pests from, from your environment. Now, depending on what frequency they're using, they may be you know, in the range that dogs and, and other animals can actually detect and hear it. But it, I would have to know what kind of you're using, whether it's the ones that we're talking about are the ultrasonic ones or if it's um, a pesticide or something that they're spraying. Out, so. Have you had any feedback along those lines, Emily? Has anybody made comment on it? Before? No, I haven't, not in the past. And I've, in, in my house, I've also used these devices and not had any issues. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might see if anyone else listening out there has had any problems with them. Just give, give us a call and let us know your thoughts on that. You're listening to Pet Chat. We do it every Wednesday between midday and one. And we're taking your calls. Any problems with your pet? You just give us a call. We've got our vet Emily here helping us out on 49216216. We go to the phones right now, and we're saying a hello at the moment, and a special hello going out to Lee from Wungara. How are you doing, Lee? Thanks for waiting patiently. Yes, I've got a Maltese Shih Tzu who's um, nine, she's female, mm-hmm. and uh, she's um, suffering anxiety uh, attacks. We've tried everything. Um, we've given her toys, we've, um, you know, ignored her, um, you know, we've done everything possible uh, and she still um, stresses out, she scratches behind the door um, and she's been like that. Even when her sister was alive, uh, she was still like that. So it's not as if she's missing her sister because she used to be like that with company as well. So I don't know what else to do for her. So when when did she first start? Becoming oh, anxious. She's always been like that. So since she was very a puppy. Different, yeah, very yeah. different to her sister. Very different. And have you tried having a behaviourist come out to your house and do a consult with you at home? Uh, no. I mean, no. I think when you have dogs that have been exhibiting, you know, behavioural issues for, for many years, mm-hmm. um, there's never a quick fix. And often with behaviour, it takes months of, of practice. So I'd definitely be getting someone to come out to your house to actually see how she, how she is at home. Um, mm-hmm. is, she, is she bad when you're at home or when you're not at home? Or? Oh, no, she's very, very placid. You yeah. know, she follows us around everywhere. And if we have, I've noticed if we have my grandchildren um, uh, around, she sort of just leaves the house and goes to the backyard. So, and then it takes her a long, long time to get used to them. So it's she's afraid even of little yeah. ones, you know. <laughs> so it sounds like she's got some some separation anxiety there, mm. which is we've touched on that earlier today with with the poodle, but. Given that she's an older dog, I think your your pathway to having her become nice and calm is going to be a bit bit longer. Um, so certainly I'd be seeking professional help to come out to your home and to help you with her. Um, and sometimes, you know, we do need to try some medications at the same time as behavioural training just to make sure that they're comfortable and not too anxious and can actually take on board what we're trying to teach them. So getting a bit of help along the way might be the best thing for you. Could be the best order of the day there. We hope that helps you out, Lee. We're going to Dora Creek now. Is it Marie or is it Mari? It's Marie. It's Marie. Hello, Marie. And you've got a King Charles Cavalier. 
Yes, that's right. Tell me a little bit about your dog. Is it a boy or a girl? It's a girl, and she's two years old, and we only got her a couple of months ago, and she we just can't train her at all. She just she's got a very dominant personality. Yep. And I have a boxer who is eleven, mm-hmm. and a Maltese who is five, and they are excellent dogs. We've had no trouble training them. But my partner and I have never experienced anything like this. She she won't learn her rank. Mm. Uh, she's totally uncontrollable. So is she aggressive towards your other dogs? Or? No, no, no. She's that's the problem. She's so loving. Yeah. That she's got to be the number one. Okay. And you got a you know as a two year old was who did you get her from? Was there a reason that they were trying to find a new home for an yeah, adult? Yeah, they, they actually got her from a reputable breeder. Yeah with papers and everything, and they they had to move and they, they can't have a dog where they are. Oh, okay. And I could not let it pass. She's a beautiful yeah. dog. No, they are lovely dogs, but you're right. They're extremely affectionate and they do want to be kind of your number one top dog. Yes. Um, so in terms of, you know, reinforcing the rank, you need to kind of work out in your family where everyone sits. And so when you're doing things, you know, like feeding, she would be the last one that you would feed. Um, and that would establish that she's kind of the lower end of the pack. And when you're walking through doors with them, that she has to wait for you to go through the door first and then she follows. So there's kind of little things, little signals that you can send her to teach her that that's not appropriate. Okay. Um, and, and when she is getting too dominant or too affectionate towards you, ignoring her is the best thing. So if she's trying to jump up onto your lap, you, you put her down and you either walk way or walk out of the room so kind of separating yourself from her um, and teaching her that she can't get away with you know exhibiting that dominant behavior behavior over you is the best right. thing yeah um I'll, I'll hold on the line but could you refer me i'm even we're even at the point where we want to get someone here at home yeah that's a good idea you can you know too much help is never enough, you know, so get people out and see what she's like in the home environment is always the best way to go. Yeah. Okay, you hold on there then, Marie, and we'll get some details for you there and we'll fix that right up. Now we move on to our next call today. We're off to Bill Conan and we're saying hello to Brenda. Brenda's waiting patiently there. Hello, Brenda. Hello, how are you? We're great. Thanks for calling. Um, I have a little multi shit suit that has got um, a problem. She keeps licking her... her Feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off with one, now it's gone to three, and yep. this is over a period of about nine months. Yep. Now the feet are all discoloured, yep. um, and well, there's only well, three discoloured, one isn't, so yeah. um, I don't know what to do, I don't know whether it's a stress thing with her, or yeah. whether it, uh, I don't think it's an allergy or anything like that, I think it's just a, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, we do see lots of feet licking and feet chewing as an anxious reaction. Um, but often we see in the clinic that dogs will come in and they have been licking at their feet because they are anxious and it can progress to they develop infections as well because they, you know, make the skin really soft and it allows infection to get in there. Yeah. So the first thing I'd be doing would be to go to your vet and just make sure that there aren't any underlying medical conditions that she doesn't have a dermatitis or an infection or, like you said, an allergy. And once you rule out that and treat that, then it's a matter of addressing the anxiety. So oh, is okay. she looking at her feet because you're not there? Is she looking at her feet because you are there and she's not getting attention and that sort of thing? So... Once you've ruled out any medical issues, then it's addressing the reasons why she is looking at her oh, feet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
heaven. Well, thank you so much. No worries, Brenda. Okay, then. Bye. Bye. It's Pet Chat this afternoon, 14 to 1. We're in uh, Talara. Is it Janice or Janice? Janice. Hello, Janice. How are you doing? Nice to have you with us. Oh, thank you. I feel like I'm scratching at the moment. <laughs> oh, I am. <laughs> I'm scratching mad. No, but he hasn't got a flea. So what type of dog do you have, Janice? He's a foxy Jack Russell cross. And do you have him on flea prevention? Yes. What are you using? Excel Pet. Okay. My daughter gave me a tablet to give him that stops fleas. It might not be working. It's possible that it's not working, Janice. The most common cause of um, itchiness in our dogs is fleas. Is there a certain spot where he's scratching the most? Yes, on his back. On his back. And that's a typical flea spot. So... We often find that with the Excel Pet, it, it may not work, so switching products um, might be a good idea for you. Do you remember the name of the tablet your daughter gave you? No, I don't. Okay. So there's a couple of new products on the market which work really good for fleas, and they're in tablet form, so Comfortus or Capstar are quite good. And then maybe switching to another top spot like Frontline or Advantix might be an option for you. Now, once you're adamant that you've got really good flea control on board and if your little fox is still scratching, then the next step would be to get a skin consultation done at your vet because they can get problems like allergies as well. But I would say that scratching on the back... And if you're using the Axel Pet, then we might have a flea problem. Love little foxies. They're great. Foxies <laughs> are great. And good luck with that. Hopefully that's given you some direction there to go with uh, Janice. Let's continue on now. Christine's with us from Mayfield. Hello, Christine. How are you? And what would you like to talk to Emily about? Uh, yes, I've got an um, 11-month-old, uh, supposed to be a long-haired chihuahua. Yeah. Um, he looks quite big for a chihuahua. Yeah. But I have, he's, he's becoming um, with dirty habits. Um, he actually uh, pooed on my grandson's bed. Oh, no. And it doesn't matter if I can sit out in the backyard for half a day with him and yeah. he'll, he'll urinate out there. Yeah. And sometimes he'll he'll do his business out there. But then you think, okay, he's done away. So he comes running back to the door. You let him in. And the first thing he does is go and poos on my carpet in the lounge room. Okay. Um, and, you know, he's, yeah, I, I don't know if it's because I'm a shift worker. Um, or what it is, but there's always somebody in the house. Yeah, yeah. He's very rarely left alone. Yeah. And having trouble getting him to eat whatever I give him. Um, I've bought kangaroo steaks for him. Yeah. I've bought um, our pork, veal, um, and chicken mince. Wow, he sounds like he's... Up. Yeah, he sounds like you he's know. very spoilt there. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, he, You know, I mean, he was get bought for me by my son yeah. for a, a present because yeah. my mother passed away. And um, when I got him, he was three months old. Yeah. So um, did he did he used to go to the toilet outside and now he's just reverted back to going inside or has it always been a problem? It's always been a big problem okay. and I've, I've, I've tried everything. Um, like I, I get home at 6.30 in the morning and the first thing I do is open the take door and take out. him out the back. When he does go to the toilet outside, do you reward him? Or, yes, yep. yes, I do. Yes, I always tell him. Pat him, rub him up, yeah. kiss him, <laughs> everything, you know. But, yeah, he just continues to keep coming back inside yeah. um, and, and doing it. Have, um, you, have you tried the crate training with him? No, I've never heard of crate training. I have got a carry basket yep. that he will go inside and sit in it yep. um, when he's 
you know, on his, wants to be on his own. Yeah, yeah. And now I've made it into a bed under my bed for him. Yeah. And he's been sleeping in that of a, of a night. Yeah. Um, and he won't go off. to the toilet in there? No. No. So, I mean, it might be, you know, I would be looking at trying to use that technique to teach him not to go to the toilet inside. Yep. Um, but just by the way that he's, you know, going on your son's bed and things like that, that can also be exhibiting dominance-type behaviour too. So, um, you know, just making sure that he knows his place in the house and so not sleeping on the bed with you, um, probably yeah, well, sleeping... He on my bed. <laughs> yeah, I would get him off your bed, <laughs> teach him that's not the spot to be. And in terms of his, his eating habits, now... Chihuahuas are small dogs. They don't need to eat a lot, and often we overfeed them. So if he is eating, he's probably eating his fill and not hungry and not probably wanting to eat what you're feeding him afterwards. So make sure you've got a good quality dry food for him, and if he fills up on that, then there's no need to, you know, try and tempt him with, with room meat and that sort of stuff. So Good on you, Christine. Thank you for the call. Joining us, she's been waiting very patiently there for us from Fassie Fern, is Jess. Hello, Jess. How are you doing today? I'm not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Good. We've got our vet, Emily, listening to you right now. Hi, Jess. Um, yeah, I've got a four-year-old English staffy. Yep. Um, I've had her since she was a pup. Yep. And we used to walk her every single day. Mm-hmm. But she is still hopeless to walk. As I in pulling? control her. Yeah. Yeah, she's just so strong and she just has such determination to go. Yeah. She just wants to go. We've tried all the different fancy leads and collars, the halties, yeah. the, the harnesses, everything, treats. We can't control her enough to walk next to us. Yeah. So she's, is she a food-motivated dog? Does she like her treats? Um, yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. But, yeah, when, when she's walking, there's no showing of food. There's no controlling. Yeah. And so what what do you do in terms of training her at home? Do you do you get her to sit down for you and drop down and things yep, like that? Yep. And Yeah, she's really well trained. We've yep. got a two year old and she's wonderful with a two year old. The two year old can give her food and take food off her and yep. and all that kind of thing. She heals at the first call, but yeah, it's only when she gets out of the yard to walk yep. on the lead that she just goes ballistic. When you get the lead out for her and put it on, is that when she starts to show her signs? Yes, yeah. yes, because we, we use a harness and the halty yeah. now to try and get her to walk next to the pram, and she gets very excited, and she jumps up and down, and she knows that to lift her hands up into the into the harness, and she just goes crazy. Yeah, it's um it's something that's really common in dogs, that they do get... They do get really frustrated when they're inside and when they get out, they just go a bit nuts. So you really need to focus on at-home training. So putting the collar and the halty and things on her and actually getting her to sit for you and heal and do all the things that she normally does when you're in inside with a harness on so that you kind of get control of the situation again. You need to get her to focus on you. So once you get her behaving better with the harness on, taking her out and not aiming to do, you know, half-hour, hour walks, but doing really short stuff, so five minutes of her just getting her to sit while she's outside and walking on the lead and just get control of the situation again so that you're in charge of her. And slowly and gradually you can increase the amount of time you've got her outside on the lead and that sort of thing. 
But the other thing, she's probably got lots of energy on board. So if you've got any free leash time, if you've got any parks or anything around that you can take her so she can run off some of that energy is probably a good idea too. Great tips there. Hopefully that helps you out, uh, Jess. Thank you for giving us a call today. Pet Chat, it's here till one o'clock. Before we go, we wanted to talk about your topic, if we could today, please, Emily. Yeah, I did just want to stick on the behaviour subject, but um, switch species. So actually talk about our birds today. Yes, please. Um, yeah. Because behaviour is one of the main reasons we see birds in our clinic and a lot of behavioural problems lead to secondary medical problems like feather picking. So, you know, we need to look at ways of preventing these bad behaviours developing um, before we get to points where they get really sick and, um, you know, we do see quite severe feather picking that can lead to, to euthanasia, so it can be a big problem. So one of the reasons why our birds do picket themselves is because they're bored. Now, birds are very intelligent animals, so we can't just stick them in a cage and expect they're going to be happy. We need to look at ways of increasing their mental stimulation so that they don't turn on themselves and start pulling out their feathers. So one of the, the major behaviours that we try to encourage in birds is, is what we call foraging, and that's actually the behaviour of finding food and seeking food out. So... In the wild, birds will spend a large majority of their time trying to seek food and actually work out ways of getting food from the environment. Um, and there are lots of ways that you can encourage your birds to do this at home. And it can be, you know, simple things like not feeding birds with food bowls, actually hide their food so they have to work to get it. And you can hide it in things like egg cartons and, and cardboard boxes, old tissue boxes and, and toilet rolls and things like that. And they're using their brains to actually work out how to get food. Uh, you can go to pet shops and, and vet hospitals and buy toys and specific foraging toys. And you can also look on the internet about ways of making safe, um, natural toys that they can also use to help encourage that foraging behaviour. Okay, some good tips there on that one there. Uh, now, the best news for us is you're going to be joining us now. Once a month, we're going to have you in here. That's correct. That will be fantastic. That mixes it up a little bit. We'll also have Dr. Bob. He loves to do behaviour issues. He does indeed. And we've got, uh, of course, David Tabard, our other vets. So uh, you'll be back, is it next month, about four weeks? Yeah, time? so every four weeks. So if you have any uh, questions on birds or your exotic animals, so your reptiles or your rabbits or rats, uh, give us a call. We'll look forward to that. That'll be next month. And thank you to the girls that come in. We had a couple of girls sitting in the studio with us today. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. So uh, that's our pet chat for today. You take care. Thank you, Dave. You too.